Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Day drinkers of punks. and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, and as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandon Burke, Kentucky, Michael Trent, and Mike, uh, there's a guy in Kentucky, uh, from Kentucky, that you're probably pretty excited about getting a very big opportunity this week, and I know you got a lot to say tonight. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Uh, we're, we're real excited about uh, Jacob Tammy. Uh, it's unfortunate that what happened with uh, Dallas Clark. Uh, going down with the uh, hand, and uh, but uh, Jacob Tammy, uh, he's been uh, he's been groomed, he's been ready, uh, going against competition in the SEC, uh, which isn't NFL. But uh, let's face it, I'm going to talk a little bit more about him uh, a little bit later on. But he's ready for the task, he's ready to do it, and uh, I'm excited. And the whole Big Blue Nations, they're really excited about him to get that opportunity. 
Yeah, Jacob Tammy is uh, going to be a force in that offense. Peyton Manning just makes everybody look good. If it's Blair, White, or Austin Collie, it doesn't really matter. Listen, I, I was pretty excited about uh, the, the prospects of Jacob Tammy. If you remember, Dallas Clark had that, that preseason injury going into the season, remember? And everybody was kind of – they were really hush-hush about it. And I'm like, man, I don't know. This is getting kind of this is getting kind of too ugly for me. And, and look, Jacob Tammy was a, a vertical threat down the field. There were several – uh, Vernon Davis-like scene patterns that Peyton had him flying on across the middle, 30-yard touchdown. I like what I see from Jacob Tammy. If you were lucky enough to get him, I think you're going to be pretty happy about him. I know Dave Drinker Josh, undefeated in the FFPC this year. He's in the chat room. He had Dallas Clark. He replaced him with Jacob Tammy. He's got to be feeling pretty good at least. Being able to plug in that gap, it's just devastating this year, man, with these injuries of players, right. multiple players. We had Deshaun Jackson go down this week, Antonio Gates, Chris Cooley, which I hear is back, and Malcolm Floyd. I mean, the list goes on and on just, this year, Mike. What in the world is going on? Yeah, they just keep going down, and uh, it's one after another. But, uh, you know, every year about this time, we normally talk about these type of situations. Uh, going back to Jacob Tammy, uh, I think I might uh, elaborate real quick. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of games with him. Uh, when he was with the University of Kentucky, and uh, there's uh, there's a lot of things that he doesn't. I mean, he he makes sure that he does. I mean, he will catch a pass when thrown to him. He will run the same route uh, or the route that uh, he's been asked to do. Uh, he makes very very few uh, mental mistakes. Uh, he does not fumble the ball. You know, I'm saying all these things and knock on wood, uh, come uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. You know, I hope he comes to fruition for uh, for all you uh, folks that got him. I, I sure picked him up. Uh, he he does all the intangibles that Peyton Manning loves, and I think that uh, you know, I think he'll be a I think he'll be a goldmine for you. From Kentucky, I know you you watched him at your uh, your home school there. You you bleed blue. And uh, Jacob Tammy is getting that opportunity this week uh, as he rests in Indianapolis. He practices. Uh, he'll get one extra week of sync-up time with Peyton Manning and get ready for that Week 8 matchup. But uh, it's just devastating to, to find a, a player. Nobody can replace a Dallas Clark. I mean, let's face it, you're not going to get that 30-point day from a Jacob Tammy. But what you will get is, is somebody that will be involved in the offense. And you're going to see some four wide receiver sets in Indianapolis. I think you're going to see – uh, once those wide receivers get healthy and get in there, you're going to see those four wide receivers. They bring up, they bring back uh, uh, Robinson again. You know that they had him on the practice squad and bringing him back, so he's nothing too special here. Tammy will be a, a, a vertical threat in that offense. He will be used. Uh, the coaching staff has been raving about him, and so I think the owners that that got him are going to be pretty happy about it. But again, very sorry for those owners who who had. Dallas Clark. I mean, you're 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 in the Jermichael Finley camp now. You know how it feels uh, to draft a player that high, especially in the FFPC where you get one and a half points per catch, and now you lose Finley, you lose Dallas. Antonio Gates is now uh, more than likely out this week. You've got to be very careful watching these uh, watching these um, injury reports and these practice reports on Friday. We're going to try to bring you as much of that as we can uh, tonight. What, what's the big story in the National Football League, though, Mike? It's this. It's this helmet contact that we're talking about, using the helmet as a weapon. The, the NFL released a 14-minute video in the preseason to all the teams, and they said, watch this video. And then they sent it out again, and they said, watch this video, guys. Make sure you're watching this video. 
and they're not they didn't take them seriously, I guess. And so all of a sudden you have all of these injuries over and over and and Philip Rivers said it best in his interview. He said, you know, it's it's getting really hard to watch and the NFL has an identity. They they definitely have a brand that they want to make sure that they're protecting. They see these injuries, they know that they don't want that for their sport. Uh and so they, they, they're cracking down on a rule that already exists. It's not like they're writing anything new, Mike. These rules were there, and the fines weren't getting it done. The level of fines, I mean, these, these players, they put away that money. It's not making an impact. So they really came down hard. Was it too much, or did, did it need to be done? Well, in my opinion, uh, I have listened, and I've heard a lot of interviews this whole week uh, from defensive players and from wide receivers. And the whole deal to me is, I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible about the uh, uh, the fact that they're doing this rule. Um, I heard one wide, wide receiver, uh, Brandon Marshall, and he was very, very adamant. He said, this rule is awful. It's terrible. Now, that's a wide receiver talking. Uh, it, it's a split-second time, Scott. These kids are... They're learned from a very young age. We're talking seven, eight, nine, ten years old to be taught to do the things that the NFL players are now doing. Uh, there's a very, very little window that you have. Now, the videos that they're showing are the videos that the NFL wants to show. Big difference there. And I'm having a real problem with this uh, because the NFL – is the NFL. You you are there. Now, nobody wants to get hurt. I don't think there's anybody in the league uh, that, as, as a player, wants to maliciously really hurt somebody. I don't think Jack Tatum want, wanted to hurt Stingley years ago. These things happen. It's part of the NFL. And as far as this rule, I'm really upset about it, and I don't like it one bit, especially when I hear from wide receivers saying, no, the rule is bad. It's definitely uh, something that we have to watch. And uh, I think, look, I, I'm of the opinion, look, it's a rule. Uh, they, they just haven't been enforcing it. It's like uh, I, I heard Colin this morning. He said, you know what, it's like the speed limit, okay? It, it, it's called a speed limit. It's not called a suggested speed. It's not called a preferred speed. It's called a speed limit. And if they wanted to, uh, tomorrow – Troopers on, you know, I-65 could enforce you uh, speeding at 56 miles per hour, and you're going over the limit, and so you could be fined and ticketed, you know, 100, 150 bucks. That's a risk you take. Uh, but it, it's, it's something that they've allowed to go on for so long. They tried to prepare the league, so they did their part, you know, all this off season, saying we have to get something done about it, and warned, warned, and warned, and it just didn't seem to be sinking in, and then you had this catastrophe that you had last Sunday where they were just going down left and right. And I'm telling you, man, it slows the game down. You've got people on the on the field kneeling in prayer, waiting, watching these guys. Deshaun Jackson knocked out, Cribs knocked out. I mean, over and over, Masaquai. It's just it got so bad. Every time you flip the chair, you're like, oh, great, there's another one. Uh, they right. had to do something. So I compare this more to, like, uh, you know, cell phones in the car. You know, you're, you've got your cell phone on in the car. That's against the rules. It's a risk that you're willing to take. And that's the same thing these players, it's a risk they're willing to take. When they're going over the middle like that, Deshaun Jackson's fearless. He's a young rookie. Now, you don't see Ocho Cinco doing that. You don't see Ocho Cinco go. He learned his lesson a long time ago. He plays against Ray Lewis all the time. You're not going to 
You're not going to go in over the middle against Ray Lewis. He's learned his lesson. I'll guarantee you Deshaun Jackson changes the way he plays the game after getting sure. knocked out like that. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. He's going to change the way, and, uh, you know, the next time that may happen, if he's going across the middle and, uh, you know, has a chance at uh, a reception, there's probably a pretty good chance he is going to have alligator arms. He's going to pull them in and say, hold on now. I'm not going to get hurt, and I'm going to wait, uh, you know, so I can play for the next few games instead of being out for the next few games. We have a, a pop and chat room here at Red vs. Blue. Thanks for everybody in the crew uh, in the chat room being here at Red vs. Blue. Uh, 347-324-5404 is the number. If you want to call, we can uh, we can help you with your lineups or at least give you a take. I don't know if it will be much help. Uh <laughs> But we uh, we are happy with the crew and uh, everybody at uh, Blog Talk Radio, the Fantasy Sports Channel, Mark Ronick and the gang there. They really make this thing happen 24 hours a day. For all the new listeners, you can subscribe to Red vs. Blue. We're on every Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can just click the subscribe button there in the corner. Uh, it can download right to your iTunes or your um, and, and you can play it with your MP3 player, your iPod. And you can. Uh, we also stream live on iTunes Radio, uh, FSC Radio. Uh, so, so we're there. We're just everywhere, Mike. And and we're we're over in the airwaves. This started as an idea with just two guys that that really uh, spent hour an hour or two on the phone every week talking about fantasy football, talking about our teams and our lineup. And we said, hey, let's put it out on the airwaves. We love the high stakes industry. We talk about that as well. The World Championship of Fantasy Football is hot and heavy. Uh, the 25K Platinum League is there. You've got the big payback league in the FFPC. They're giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars, Mike. It's just an industry we love to be in. And it's week seven, man. We've got a lot going on. We're in the middle of bye weeks. We've got injuries coming up. And we've got a new kid on the block in New Orleans, Mike. I want to talk about it because I know I got a call from you last week saying, I want to put Chris Ivory in my lineup. Yep. Uh, what do you think? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, well, why do you think that? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. But I like what I'm seeing from Chris Ivory. And this week, Mike, he uh, with, with Pierre Thomas missing his third straight game, Ivory made the most of his opportunity. He rushed 15 times for 158 yards in Tampa or against Tampa. And, Mike, this Ivory kid, he has double-digit carries in all three games uh, that Thomas has missed. And he appears to be a, a more dynamic runner than – this Liddell Betts and Julius Jones that they have. Yeah. So, Ivory's the back to own right now in New Orleans, and, and it sounds like Pierre could miss a few more games. And I, I think Ivory is the is is a very interesting pick this week. Yeah, it really is, Scott. And you know, it was funny because I, you know, I was kind of leaning on you. I was leaning on uh, a couple other uh, fantasy folks uh, that I thought that uh, could give me some uh, good indication on uh, whether to start Ivory or uh, Brandon Jacobs actually was uh, the other option. And Brandon Jacobs, he ended up scoring two touchdowns. But uh, Chris Ivory, I mean, he really exploded on the scene last week, and I really thought he would. Uh, and I, I really think that he'll continue to do that, uh, you know, until, until uh, Pierre Thomas is uh, healthy. Uh, you know, there's, there's no chink in his armor. He runs hard. He runs north and south, uh, and it's you know it's hard, it's hard to catch a guy like that that runs north and south with that kind of speed, and that's what makes Chris Ivory uh, so uh, you know really so special in that offense because they need a guy like that just like a Pierre Thomas 
But uh, Chris Ivory is the guy right now. Liddell Betts, he's not going to get it done. So uh, let's face it, Chris Ivory is the man to go to in uh, New Orleans in the running game. It definitely appears that way in this Pierre Thomas injury. I mean, what the heck, man? We we saw him go out uh, with that injury. It looked really bad. What was that, week three? And then all of a sudden, uh, he comes back in the game. And I'm like, man, what did they do? Did they shoot him up or something and just to get him back out there? And then all, and then before you know, I mean, it looked like a bad injury. But then he comes back out and plays. And I'm like, whew, we dodged a bullet. Well, then, you know, the week four buys hit with Adrian Peterson and Charles being out. You were thinking, you were hoping you could put – Pierre uh, or uh, Pierre Thomas in your lineup, and all of a sudden he's out, and, and things are looking bleak and grim. And then maybe he's back week five, and then maybe he's back week six. Now we're at week seven; he's out already. This goes on and on. Mike. Now they say that ankle was actually about a four or five week injury. Now you tell me this: this Sean Payton man, he's reminding me of Bill Belichick. He keeps everything very close to the vest. You cannot trust anything that is. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He wants another one and he's doing whatever it takes to, to get it. And he's just not being very forthcoming with these injuries, I don't think, Mike. And, and so, but, you know, but I like what you're saying. Ivory, Ivory's got a good uh, a good opportunity here. The question is, look, Cleveland's no slop against the run. They're actually uh, one of the better run defenses in the league right now so far. They're, they're a top ten run defense. It's not like they're going to play Tampa Bay this week, who's a bottom five uh, defense uh, against the run. They, Got a little bit of a better matchup this week against Cleveland, so definitely put him well, in that there. Whole division, yeah. That whole division of uh, Cleveland, uh, you know, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. I mean, they <laughs> they have to learn how to defend the run, and uh, you know, and that makes it uh, that makes it tough on uh, different opponents when they're going outside of that division. So there's a lot of teams, and that's something to look into. Uh, is you know, when you're going up against a division that 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 is very strong against the run, uh, you know, you, you might want to take a take a second look at it. Lots of stories in the NFL this week, Mike. Um, here we have another bonehead in Kenny Britt. Uh, he cost me two butter burgers last week. I'm really upset. <laughs> this guy. Not only did he cost me the two butter burgers in the bet with you. He cost me the game in the Fantasy Football Players Championship against Day Drinkers Josh. I had it was basically Britt going up against uh, straight up against uh, Rob Baronis, man, Bobby Baronis here for Day Drinker Josh. And here we go. Kenny Britt starts off the game fast, and then all of a sudden he just they they don't need him anymore. They don't need to throw to him at all. And it's 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 over. It's nothing but a crit. Baronis just keeps racking up field goals left and right and. And before you know it, uh, Kenny Britt doesn't get it done. Now, the problem here, Jeff Fisher excused Kenny Britt from practice on Friday. He's going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this bar fight situation while he gathers information about this fight. Uh, he says the coach is actually – he's defending Kenny Britt here, saying that Kenny tried to break it up. I heard Chris Johnson was being a professional. Chris Johnson was trying to break it up because he was there at the scene as well. But, Britt, this is just like another story that just keeps continues to rack up. These these wide receivers, some of them just don't get it, and they go the wrong way. They go down the wrong path, and they never can turn it around. It's like a Pac-Man Jones waiting to happen. Yeah. It, you know, and it's just uh, there's so many opportunities in front of them, and uh, this this is one uh, for Kenny Britt. But, uh, you know, obviously it's like, well, you know, I, I guess uh, I've done my deal there in the first half, and – this and that, but 
You know, there, there's this league is, you know, it's so in depth. I mean, there are so many opportunities for any player that's out there. Uh, you, you know, for instance, like what I said, Jacob Tammy to start the show. You never know when your number is going to be called. You better take advantage of it because when it happens, if you're ready and if you take advantage of it and move forward from that, then you're, you're going to be not just you're, – you're not just going to make a lot of money, but you're going to make your team a lot of money and you're going to win championships. That's what happens. Well, let's, let's keep it rolling. That that, that Titans game was uh, just very hard to watch. This Jacksonville Jaguar team, they are in desperate shape. Uh, it, it sounds like they could be a team destined to move for uh, to L.A. I don't I don't know. But now you've got Gerard out with a concussion. It leaves uh, journeyman Todd Bowman likely for his first start in nearly five years. I mean, if you were a Mike Thomas owner or a Mike Sims Walker owner, you've got to leave these guys on the bench now. MJD is has not even been, uh, you know, he's not even been startable right now, barely. I mean, this guy, I mean, you spent a top five pick on this kid, and and now you've got just a mess on your hands, Mike. What do you do with these Jaguar players if you got yeah. them? You'd like to get somebody in, but I don't know who. I know. It's, it was tough. Uh, earlier today, a buddy of mine was like, uh, man, I, I, I'm thinking about starting Sims Walker. I said, why? <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. why? <laughs> this team is really bad. Uh, they – you know, but for whatever reason, they tend to uh, they tend to play big games in uh, in the face of ad- adversity. So uh, you know, I, I think uh, MJD might have a really big game this week. Uh, I'm just saying that off the cuff because uh, you know, let's face it, Bowman uh, he's he's not going to throw at anybody. I mean, I don't even right. know if he can throw it 40 yards, but. Uh, MJD is going to be your guy, and if and if he can uh, do it, and then come out of the backfield with, you know, a few uh, junk passes, uh, this guy yeah. MJD could be a big start this week. Yeah, well, no, you got to have MJD in there, obviously. Uh, but the wide receivers you have to bench Mercedes Lewis. I think I don't know. Maybe you bench Mercedes Lewis in this game as well if you have a better option. Uh, but you, you know, MJD is the only startable guy. Uh, Kansas City should have a field day. Jamal Charles, really, I think he's the guy to get it going now. Uh, we're finally seeing Jamal Charles make something of this opportunity, that he this split backfield mess that we have. He's gotten 16 carries in each of the last two games, and he's averaging like a whopping 6.3 yards per carry this season. Now, Thomas Jones actually had more carries than Charles uh, against the Texans, but Charles is the more explosive runner. He's more versatile. And he has at least three receptions in the three straight games, Mike. So the Chiefs, they're taking on the Jaguars in week seven. They allow 102 rushing yards per game to opposing running backs and six touchdowns. That's tied for second most in the league. So Charles, no matter the, how the workload splits, he should find a lot of room to run. And, I mean, it, it's Charles and Thomas Jones, you know, neck and neck, you know, for carries. But Charles is the big explosive guy here. You've got to have Charles in your lineup. Yeah, you know, first off, Scott, it's not a mess in that backfield. Uh, Thomas Jones is doing a lot of things on the front end. Uh, In the first few weeks of this year, Jamal Charles, he's picking up the carries. Uh, He's learning, continuing to learn from Thomas Jones because Thomas Jones is a consummate professional. Uh, Whether he's the, the number one guy or the number two guy, it doesn't matter to him. I can already tell by by 
by what I'm seeing with this offense. Um, you know, Jamal Charles has learned a lot, and now it's it's his time, and he's going to continue to move forward. But knowing that Thomas Jones is there to you know help him through the process, and that's got that's going to make Jamal Charles even better. Yeah. So look, uh, what are we saying here? You know, you definitely start Jamal Charles. I think yes. if you have yeah. Thomas Jones, you're probably starting him because of bye weeks. And then, you know, throw Moiaki in, in the lineup. Dwayne Bowe finally got it going last week. Thanks to, you know, thank good good finally to see Dwayne Bowe get it rolling. We we knew it was just a matter of time before this guy. Before, before he, he stopped pass, dropping guy. the ball. He, he didn't just catch a pass. He he ran after the catch. I mean, that's really what we like to see from, from Dwayne yeah. Bowe. So, nice to see him get things rolling. Let, let, let's move on. You know who? There's a player in this league that I am just absolutely falling in love with, Mike. He's a guy that uh, I think the Jets should have never let him go. Why they kept Joe McKnight over Danny Woodhead will never make sense to me because <laughs> the Patriots knew exactly what they were doing when they grabbed Woodhead. They wanted to rub it in Rex Ryan's face when they bring this guy back into New York. And Woodhead has emerged now as the Patriots' most productive running back on the team. He had 63 yards on 11 carries, but he also catches the ball. He's a dual threat, five catches for 53 yards in a game. And his role's been increasing. He should continue to see more activity. And he's playing against a tough charter game. They're going across the country, Mike, to play San Diego. And it's a solid run D, but they've allowed a 100-yard rusher in each of the last two weeks. And I think if you have Woodhead on your on your team, you picked him up, you've got bye weeks, you've got injuries, I think you put him in your lineup you know, he, I think he's a must-start right now. Unless you have just loaded with running backs, I think he's a guy he's he's worth considering as a good flex play in Week Seven. I totally disagree. Uh, Woodhead, I mean, he's performed well, and he will continue to perform well. Uh, you know, I, I I like what he brings to the table for New England. Uh, obviously, Belichick does. What? Because I disagree. I mean, the reason I disagree is because uh, Woodhead, I mean, he, he's performed well, but let's face it, uh, it's not going to continue week after week make after an week. Argument. Make an argument. Go, you, you can't make an argument against Woodhead. Make one. Go ahead. I'm trying to. All right. Are you done? You're not You're not trying hard enough, Mike. Look, this guy is involved in the offense. You're, on, you're in the New England Patriots offense. You're going to get looks. You're going to get moves. You're going to get carries in the red zone. I mean, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is probably going to get those carries, but I totally, I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. He's going to get looks. He's going to get carries and this and that. But he will not score against San Diego. If you have another option versus Woodhead, and I guarantee you will, that will score a touchdown, you're going to get that. Uh, San Diego, they are in desperate, they're in desperate times right now. And I see a, a huge game out of them. And Woodhead, this is a butter burger bet if I've ever seen one. Butter, I mean, right. he will not score more than 16 points. Let's lay it down right now, Scott. Six, 16 points? Is that way to find a flex point effort? You're not going to burn me again on that 16-point crap. Here you are trashing Kenny Britt last week. he's trash. And, and I had to put up 16 points in the Butterburger bat. Look, I'm not going to do that again. 16 points, you'd be damn proud of any of your guys on your team got 16 points. So, oh, no, no, I mean, you, you, you're annoyed at you're, 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 you're talking as, like as you're, the next Jim Brown. 
No, no, no. You're talking like he's not worthy of. I said he's worthy of a flex starter. You said you totally disagree. A flex starter is a good 12 point guy. If you don't think he's going to get 12 points, if you don't, and you don't think he's a, a worthy flex starter, you need 12 points out of your guys. You need 15 for a, a really good week. I'll, I'll move I it down. Know, I'll move my, it my, flex starters, my flex starters don't get 12 points. They get 16. Look, if, hey, what's 16 times 10, Mike? You're not scoring 160 points in any of your damn leagues, okay? Your flex starters are not as good it. as your starters. No, no, no. You plan on You plan on uh, winning a game uh, anytime soon, Mike? Look, you need at least – you need – 15 points a week from all your leagues. guys. I, I play you in two leagues this this week, and I can't wait. Okay. All right. Let, let, let's hold on. I got. Let, let's get rid of the. Uh, let's get rid of the, the the trash here in the in the chat room that just took <laughs> over here. We got we got a, we got a, we got a spammer in the chat room. They always like to come in here, and you got to watch these guys sometimes. Okay. All right. He's gone. Well, let no, let look, me change guys. gears real quick. Real quick, Scott. All right. I, I want to throw out this. And I, I was going to do it uh, earlier in the show, but uh, I thought I'd do it right now. In January, on January 1st, who would have thought that the Texas Rangers would be in the World Series or the Dallas Cowboys would be 1-4? Nobody. Nobody. Well, guess what? The Texas Rangers are in the World Series. And the Dallas Cowboys are still a one and four team with uh, I don't know twelve and four talent. Pitiful. Yeah, well, that's about as much baseball action as you're going to get on Red versus Blue tonight. Let's let's move on, Mike. The New England San Diego game at San Diego. Patrick Creighton gets a start. Uh, it's been a long, strange trip for Patrick Creighton ever since the helmet throwing, uh, Bill Parcells incident. Uh, you've got he moves on to a new team, a new environment, and he looked good doing it, Mike. This Patrick Creighton, he's playing for San Diego. He gets the start with the injury to Malcolm Floyd. Uh, he left week six game against the Rams, and Creighton took advantage. He had six catches for 117 yards. Now, uh, since Floyd is out, Creighton's going to see a lot more playing time. He's going to move into the starting spot. Antonio Gates was injured against the Rams, so – you're talking about even more opportunities for Creighton. I'm sure that Ryan Matthews is going to be involved in this game. But listen, you've got to keep your eye on Patrick Creighton this week. New England allows a ton of yards to the wide receivers. This is an opportunity yeah, I, for Patrick Creighton to really take advantage. When, you're, when you've got New England, uh, they've, they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers so far this year. So Creighton is a – is a great, fantastic starter in week seven. I love him. I picked him up in the world championship. I'm happy to plug him in this week. And, uh, you know, hey, that's all I got to say. He's not a guy that has really impressed us over the years. I mean, he's had 50 catches one season in all these years against the Cowboys, with the Cowboys. I think I'm just hoping for some renewed life here. I like what I saw last week. Let's hope Rivers can keep swinging his ball to Patrick Creighton. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so, Scott. Uh, Patrick Creighton's going to be a, a, a definite starter. If you have him, you, you better start him. Uh, uh, Craig Davis, uh, that's another one. Uh, the, yeah. You know, it's funny that the uh, the over and under really didn't change much. Uh, it's still at about uh, 47 and a half, 48. So it's a very high over and under. Uh, so uh, obviously that Vegas feels that, uh, you know, these two guys, they're, they're going to fit in nicely. 
So, uh, <laughs> you know, that was kind of odd when I saw it. But, uh, you know, so uh, Craig Davis, Craig Boxer Davis, and uh, Patrick Creighton, they'll fit in nice. San Diego, uh, who would have thought that San Diego would lose to the St. Louis Rams, Mike, 20-17? to 17. Uh, Denario Alexander comes out of nowhere and looks really good. He's another kid that I picked up in the World yeah. Championship. I I think we we we've seen a little bit of something here from Denario Alexander. Not sure if we if you have enough confidence to throw him in your lineup just yet. But hey, he's playing. Uh, he's got a matchup against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's uh, light on the defense this year, so anything can happen in a game. St. Louis and Tampa Bay. I I can see Denario doing it again. You've got Lauren Robinson there. Gilliard's banged up. Uh, you got Gibson. There's not a lot else to throw to here if you're Sam Bradford. And so I think I think if that's going on, I think you've got to be pretty happy, uh, you know, about the potential that Denario Alexander brings to the table. Yeah, you know, and uh, these are these are the kids you find out in, uh, you know, week seven, week eight, uh, week nine. You know, that they, they continue to come to the forefront, and these are the ones that you. You know, you just try to uh, focus and uh, uh, look at and say, hey, this is the guy I want. But they really don't hit you until uh, a lot of injuries come down, and, you know, that's what's happened. Yeah, Denario Alexander is an interesting uh, interesting pickup to watch. Again, St. Louis and Tampa Bay, you might see a lot of points scored in that game because there won't be a lot of defense there uh, uh, in St. Louis versus Tampa Bay. I, I just don't see – Man, that's a big win for St. Louis and Sam Bradford. To beat San Diego like that, I'm sure that knocked some survivor pools a, a, a little silly this week. So, but Well, I'd, let's I'd like to uh, talk to you. Uh, Scott, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Uh, you're in a survivor pool that uh, you're doing pretty well in, aren't you? Well, I mean, you're either in or you're out on survivor pools, right? So, I mean, there's uh, there's plenty of guys that have made it six weeks. This is week seven. Uh, I, I think this is a week that, you have to be looking at this Buffalo-Baltimore matchup. If you haven't taken the Ravens yet, you need to put Baltimore in there. I think that's the biggest lock of the decade, uh, you know, Buffalo-Baltimore. you got Jacksonville playing KC. I don't see how Jacksonville wins that game with a journeyman uh, playing. I, I, I might even use KC this week. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, that's not a bad matchup there, right? I mean, let's, let's, no. let's, let's think for a second. KC at home against Jacksonville, not a, not a bad matchup at all. Then you've got – Colt McCoy going to New Orleans. I think these are the big locks of the week. What do you think, Mike? Well, you know, there's uh, there's a couple locks I'm looking at, but uh, are they really locks? I mean, the NFL. I mean, it's been so it's been so hectic. Uh, you never know what's a lock. I mean, who would have thought the KC would be doing as well as they are, and uh, who would have thought that Dallas would be laying an egg the way that they are? So uh, there's a you know, I don't know that there's a definite lock. I would say Baltimore would probably Probably be your best bet. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've used them already. But <laughs> hey, there's another interesting situation to watch here. Uh, well, I don't think it's a story. Nick's was out Friday with this hamstring that they were talking about, and I don't think there's anything to worry about. He says it's a fatigue issue. Uh, so look, Nick's is what a what a fantastic player he's been. Uh, Lou at BFD called him the breakout player of the year, and sure enough, Mike, that's exactly what he's been. For those of us that waited and, and got our wide receiver later, and I got I got Nick's in the fifth round at the World Championship, very ecstatic to land him there. But I actually took Crabtree in the fourth, thinking that I would I would come back. I actually rated Crabtree higher. But look at what Nick's has done this year. He finally had 
one game where it just didn't work out. But this week, it's a totally different situation, Mike. Knicks is yeah, and, the, and uh, the New York so Giants travel to Dallas. So Eli's going to swing that ball around. Well, it's funny though, Scott. Uh, the Crabtree situation uh, and the whole San Francisco situation—it's been pretty bad. Uh, but I think Crabtree is starting to uh, maybe catch on a little bit, and uh, you know his last couple weeks haven't been that bad. Nothing like Nick's, I mean, obviously. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's a tale of two uh, tale of two situations there, and uh, you know. Crabtree, is things going to happen for him? Well, you know, he's got to have somebody throw the ball to him. And is Alex Smith it? You know, I don't know. It's not looking like it. So, it's the whole San Francisco situation, like I said, it's kind of a mess. Um, But, uh, you know, I I still think Crabtree has uh, plenty of skills and uh, the things to do to make you a winner. But as far as this year and right now, no way. Let's talk about Mike Williams. The Mike Williams not in Tampa because we told you to bench Mike Williams in Tampa last week. We were right about that. He was hampered with that toe injury in week six against the Saints. He only had four catches for 45 yards. Now, the, the Bucks might find things a little bit easier against the Rams this week. and they, they have been surprisingly solid, but they have allowed 20 or more fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in four of the six games this year. And they've allowed three touchdowns into the position in the last two games. So, this is a team that definitely uh, allows the pass. Mike Waves is clearly the Bucks' top wide receiver. Solid bet to score. But let's talk about Mike Williams in Seattle, Mike. This kid, what did he end up with last week, like 15 targets, something crazy like that? Yeah. This kid has a, a huge opportunity. However, he plays the Arizona Cardinals. Now, what do you think when you match up against Arizona? Lots of fantasy points for wide receivers. They've actually been surprisingly better this year, Mike. They're in they're, they're, they're hovering in the middle of the pack against wide receivers, and here's the thing you have to have to realize. You want to get Mike Williams in your lineup, I understand that, but look, you've got you've – got, uh, oh, I've got another spammer in the chat room. Here we go. Um, well, the one thing about it, Scott, is uh, that game, uh, the over and under uh, is 40. And uh, in the NFL, that's, that's a pretty low number. So that tells me that uh, both defenses are going to bring it. So uh, – you know, I don't know if Mike Williams uh, for Seattle would be the uh, viable option, uh, depending on who you have. You know, it just depends. But when I see an over and under of 40, eh, whoa, that tells me, what, 27-13? I mean, goodness gracious. I, I, you know, you may get a touchdown of him. You may not. Well, the thing I want to bring up, though, is that, you know, he is playing. Uh, Mike Williams is going to be facing up and lining up against Dominic Rogers from Marty, who is a, a, a much improved corner in this game. I think that Hasselback will, will say, hey, I'm going to turn to the other side of the field. I've got Deion Butler, who's looking very strong as a, as a wide receiver option. I think he's a guy, if you've got him, you put him into the lineup. Uh, Deion Butler is a nice flex play this week, Mike. 15 targets for Mike Williams, I understand that. But Deion Butler is the guy, actually, if I had him both on my team, I'd start Deion Butler. This is one of those situations where I don't challenge Dominic Rogers Camarda. He's a, he's a very improved corner. So that's kind of my take on that. Now, uh, injury updates really quick. Eddie Royal was on the field for the light Friday practice in Denver, Mike. So if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about Eddie Royal, uh, I don't know. I just hate to see these injuries. When, if you have another healthy option, I say you sit Eddie Royal this week. I'd like to hear the chat room take on it, but – I think you sit Eddie Royal this week. 
I think it's a Jabbar Gaffney kind of week. Oakland's playing Denver again. Another corner, Nandi Asamoah. Probably totally there to man up against uh, uh, Brandon Lloyd. Maybe it's a Jabbar Gaffney week, and maybe Eddie Royal this week you just sit him and let him get a little healthier before you put Eddie Royal out there. Nice to see him on the about, field on uh, Friday, but again, light practice. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with that, Scott. I think Jabbar Gaffney, you know, he should uh, he should have a big day uh, against Oakland and uh, – you know, let's face it. A lot of them wide receivers. I mean, they're having uh, they're having their way. Uh, Denver's uh, Denver's offense, believe it or not, it, it's sneaky high profile. Um, but uh, Jabbar Gaffney should be fine. Uh, what about Demarius Thomas? I'm, I mean, he's what's his deal? I don't know. I don't know. He's not a guy that's on my radar. There's just way too many way too many guys there for Orton to throw the ball to. Orton's a must start in it. In, in this league this year, his streak of four yeah. straight 300-yard games, it came to an end last week against the New York Jets. He went 14 of 34 for 209 yards and a touchdown, easily his worst game of the season. It should get a lot better uh, for him in week seven against the Raiders. They've allowed two touchdowns in each of their six games, uh, only intercepting two passes. So this Orton kid is, is definitely elevated himself to uh, every week starter. Marshawn Lynch in this game of Seattle against Arizona. Mike, the beast mode. Beast mode is here. Lynch had 17 carries, but 44 yards and a touchdown, along with three receptions for nine yards. This is where you get the value of Marshawn Lynch. It was his Seahawks debut against the Bears. He appears ready to go, and he's playing the Arizona Cardinals, Mike. This is, again, a much better situation. Arizona's light against the run. They're fourth worst in the league against the run. If you have Marshawn Lynch, this is the time to get him in your lineup. What do you think about Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, I, I think this this would be a good time for Marshawn Lynch to uh, explode, uh, especially at home. Uh, Seattle, that's one of the loudest, loudest places in the NFL. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, – it, it should be fun for uh, Marshawn Lynch. Um, you know, I'm looking at Arizona and what they bring to the table uh, defensively. They're, you know, they're pretty good, but what do they bring to the table offensively? Can they uh, can they score against Seattle? And, you know that's going to be a, a real hard decision, uh, or a real hard thing that uh, Arizona's going to do. Uh, when I'm looking at the line six and a half, I'm thinking, well, you know, Seattle's going to score. Can Arizona score? And that's a tough thing that uh, you know that uh, Arizona needs to address. Uh, this is going to be a big week for uh, Chris Benny Wells to uh, see what he see what he can show. Uh, you know, Tim Hightower, he may get a touch or two, but uh, it's going to be Chris Wells' day. So, uh, if if Chris Wells wants to be an NFL uh, running back, today's his day, or uh, Sunday's his day. All right, listen, we're going to cautiously take a caller from the 937. We have been victims of spam tonight, so we are going to uh, attempt to take a call from the 937. You're on with Red versus Blue. Uh, Mr. Atkins, this is Mr. McClellan. Rich, how you doing, buddy? I couldn't be better. How about you? We got to get some. We got to get some rich uh, intro music here. When we get when we get rich on the show, we have to play the. Show. <laughs> I am the smartest man alive. <laughs> rich McClellan, how are you, my friend? What can we do for you tonight? I'm great. I have a question. And it has nothing to do with late hits or any of that. It has to do with celebrations in the end zone. And and let me lay this out 
Here's my question. For Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, everyone crucified Miles Austin for his celebration in the end zone and how it hurt the Cowboys. But guess what? It turns out when you look at the end result that they didn't call the penalty on Miles Austin. Miles Austin made a tremendous move. He jumped over Ray Williams' shoulders. Guess what? It was Sam Hurd who was standing to the left of Miles Austin who made the same uh, hook'em horns or I'm a freaky uh, rock and roll guy sign. They called the penalty on him. For three days in a row, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I heard the national press crucify Miles Austin for jumping over the top, which turned out to be completely innocent. Now, you can make a big hit. I don't care. You get suspended. But you make a really good celebration, and Miles Austin was great. But what happened? Why? Why is the? Why is this being penalized? Uh, I think it's. I think it's a ridiculous uh, effort by the National Football League to even attempt to penalize this stuff. I mean, it's not. It was very harmless. The first. The first week, okay, make it a little bit. The second week, you should know, and now you. you <laughs> You didn't learn your lesson. That's my problem. I think it's more of an issue with the Dallas coaching staff. What do you think, Mike? I think this coaching staff just doesn't get it, what it means to, you know, discipline. If you get penalized, you wouldn't see Bill Belichick's team do that. It's not much less two weeks in a row, Mike. What, what is this? Is this a coaching issue or, or is this an NFL issue? No, it's a coaching issue. I mean, I've had a problem with uh... – with Wade Phillips right now, I mean, uh, well, not just right now, but for the last uh, few weeks, uh, it's just a, it's a coaching issue. It, when the when the players continue to do the things that they're doing, just uh, you know, celebrating and doing all this stuff, uh, there's a problem. There, there's no discipline. It's all about discipline and just saying, hey, man, act like you've been there. That's all you got to do is act like you've been there. There you have it, Rich. Yeah, except that everybody blamed Miles Austin, except the penalty wasn't on him. It was on Sam, and he was off on another tangent. My point, with, my point is just this: if if you watch the if you watch the replay, uh, Williams stops and he plants both of his feet, and he knew that Miles Austin was going to jump over him. He, and Miles Austin did. However, that isn't really the issue. They didn't call the penalty on him. They called it on Sam Hurd. So doesn't that illustrate that these sorts of penalties and silliness in the NFL are ridiculous? They don't add to the game. They don't subtract from the game. It's just dumb. No, no, no. I don't think anybody's blaming Miles Austin. Miles Austin, he ran his route. He did he did what he needed to do. Uh the the bottom line is that the other players did not they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They that was a penalty. That was a definite penalty. And Dallas, you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I mean, I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan. 
and I'm frustrated as anybody else out there that is a Dallas Cowboy <laughs> fan. The bottom line is Miles Austin, he did what he needed to do, but that was just, you know, not being in the right place at the right time. You have to put yourself in the right place at the right time and make the play happen. All right, Rich, listening, Mike. Calling, buddy. Rich, you with Austin, us, Austin, Austin got called for the penalty. Or Miles Austin didn't get called for the penalty. It I know was, It wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was Hurd. I know. I know. And Hurd was not. He was. He was not in the right place at the right time. Okay. Okay. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. That's Rich McClellan, the managing editor at the Fantasy Players Association. We're going to leave him with this. I am the smartest man alive! And thank you, Rich, for calling out Red vs. Blue, buddy. <laughs> Rich, Rich is having some technical difficulties. Hopefully he can call us back and get back on the air with us at Red vs. Blue, Mike. Rich had an interesting point that he brought up, the, the, the whole celebration uh, situation. It's not over. We're going to see a whole lot more of it. Uh, in the National Football League as time goes on. Let's talk about the return of Deion Branch, Mike. If you had Deion Branch and you picked him up, what an excellent game in his return in week six. Nine catches on 12 targets for 98 yards and a touchdown. This kid is straight butter with New England and Tom Brady, Mike. He He's my Louisville Cardinal. He appears to still be an excellent fit with this offense, and he was able to quickly rediscover that magic, that chemistry with Tom Brady immediately. And I, I think if you if you were worried about what Tom what's going to happen to Tom Brady, they got Branch back. He that you might have forgotten about Deion Branch in his years with Seattle, and yeah. now uh, you know a lot of people maybe drafted him in the 18th or the 20th round, or you picked him up in waivers, Mike. And now he's in your starting lineup. What can we expect this week in this game against the Chargers? Is this another? Six for 80 yard touchdown guy. I mean, are we going to see? I mean, I don't think you can expect that touchdown every week, but okay. I think six uh, to right, 75 right, is right. going to happen. 13, 14 points. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm having fun listening, uh, and uh, I'm I'm very lucky to be able to participate uh, in the show. Uh, so now we're talking that Woodhead's going to get. Uh, 20 carries and uh, 10 targets. Now we're talking Deion Branch is going to get 10 targets. And uh, I don't know what what the heck's going to happen with New England. I mean, <laughs> there is no way you're going to spread the ball around Woodhead and Branch and win the game. Now, there is a way that they're going to They did last week. They did last week. They beat the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I understand that, but, I mean, teams are going to look at these films and be like, well, okay, all right, well, I need to, uh, we need to focus on this guy. You, you're on him. You're on Woodhead. You, you're on him. You're on Branch. So, you know, they brought the unknown to a team and won, and that's great. And New England is going to be very dangerous down the stretch. There is no doubt about it. The AFC is very dangerous down the stretch. But I do not see Woodhead and Branch winning the game for New England. Well, again, this 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 is uh this is New England Patriots we're talking about. They're loaded from top to bottom. 
You got Brandon Tate. You could throw the ball to Aaron Hernandez over the middle. You got uh, Gronkowski in the in the red zone. You've got Wes Welker underneath. I mean, there's there's not a lot of things you can do you to got, stop this team. They're, thank you. They moved that ball on Baltimore Ravens, Mike. That was a team. They had several drives where they moved the ball on the Ravens like it wasn't a problem. And so that's that's a team you've got to be on the lookout I'm for. The Steelers, meanwhile. The Steelers haven't allowed more than 66 rushing yards to running backs in any game this season. And this week they faced the Dolphins uh, coming off. They, they beat a, a, a Green Bay Packer team 23-20, to 20, Mike. So this Miami Dolphins team is legit. You've got Roethlisberger going on the road in Miami, and you've got Pittsburgh favored in this game. This is a home dog situation for Miami. Is this one of these sneaky Mike Trent plays that you could pick Miami in this game or – I mean, I, I see Devon Beth getting better. This kid looking like the next Wes Welker. Uh, you've got uh, Fasano looking like a good player. Devon Beth, Mike, he has now scored in back-to-back games. He has 19 catches over the Dolphins uh, in the last three games. And uh, I don't know. A, I mean, Scott, this is a kid that I enjoy watching. This is a do-not-touch game. Uh, Pittsburgh, in my opinion, uh, you, you have Pittsburgh – you have uh, Baltimore, and, you know, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, those teams, they have separated themselves from the group. Uh, Miami is not one of them. And uh, with the way uh, Roethlisberger looked uh, in his first week back, I think Pittsburgh is going to control Miami with no problem. I think uh, Mendenhall, uh, he should have a good game. Uh, Miami's going to try to shut them down, but uh, when it boils right down to it, Miami does not have enough weapons to beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins this game. But, you know, Pittsburgh being favored by three, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. No way. The over and under is 41? No way. I could see this game being a 23-20 or a 20-17, either way. Uh, But I like Pittsburgh to win that game. Mike, do uh, you know who leads the league in rushing attempts per game? Leads the league in rushing attempts per game. Could that be uh, what team or what player? What player? Richard Mendenhall. Richard Mendenhall. 23.2 rushing attempts per game. This guy was going in the third round. I got him in the third round, 3-7 in the FFPC. He has 22-plus carries in four or five games. The exception was a 19-carry effort against Tampa Bay. This guy is running that offense very effectively. You add Ben Roethlisberger back to it. I really like it. It's a dangerous team, but it, it seems like a little bit of a trap to me. You know, Roethlisberger looked real good in that first game back, but, again, that's against uh, Cleveland, right? So, I mean, this is a different type of team here. This is Miami. This is a real test in Miami on the road for Roethlisberger. I think it's going to make him look a little bit not as not as good as he did last week, right? I, I just think that this is a, a game that you, know, you said stay away. I'm thinking about going ahead and laying it on, uh, going ahead and laying it on uh, the Dolphins this week. I just, I think I would, me Scott, I in that game, that. I, 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 that. I feel pretty happy about that. I, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, the reason is, uh, you know, when when Miami faces that Pittsburgh defense, the, uh, they're going to freak out. They will not know what the heck has hit them. Uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, with all the rules and things like that, but Mike Tomlin 
is going to have this Pittsburgh defense saying, look here, guys, I don't care what the NFL said about all this. I don't care about any of this other stuff. You guys play football. And uh, Miami, how, how is Miami going to move the football on the ground? You tell me. Please. No, they're not. They're not. They're going to have to do Devon Best. They're going to have to go to the big target, Brandon Marshall. They've got Pisano. That's the problem. You aren't going to be able to run the ball on this Pittsburgh defense. Very underrated. I wish I would have thrown a little bit of a future on them. Like, we're running out of time here. We've got to run through these last, these last few games here. Uh, we're not going to be able to get to them all. Obviously, we talked about Baltimore being a, a complete thrashing against Buffalo this week. Start all your Ravens. Bench all your Bills if you have them. Sorry if you do. Jay Cutler against Washington. Cutler passed for 290 yards against the Seahawks after missing week five with that concussion. But he was sacked again six times and hit multiple others as the offensive line once again struggles to protect him, Mike. He's only thrown one touchdown in his past three games. The thing should get a little easier in week seven against the Redskins. Washington has allowed 310 yards per game this season. They've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year. And if if Cutler has time to throw, that's a big if. He could be usable if you have an injury or bye week issue at quarterback. If I had Jay Cutler against Roethlisberger, who do you? I guess you take Roethlisberger. Yeah, I, I would almost have to, but uh, man, that's enticing. Jay Cutler, uh, you know, that that wouldn't be bad. But I would go ahead. I would go ahead with Ben. Touch on Philly and uh, Tennessee real quick. Let's talk about um, okay, Philly, Tennessee. You've got Jeremy Macklin, the next stud receiver in the National Football League with this Deshaun Jackson injury. Seven catches last week, 159 yards, two touchdowns against the Falcons. Uh, the Titans have allowed the second most receptions and the third most targets to opposing wide receivers. Okay? This is a situation yep. you do want to watch. Jeremy Macklin, uh, McCoy uh, is back. He's going to be healthy. And what can, uh, can Chris Johnson really have that game uh, that we've been uh, – been dreaming of if you're a Chris Johnson owner against Philly D. Man, it's it's it, it's got to be it's got to be somewhere around the corner. I don't think it's this week. Uh, Tennessee is very tough against these wide receivers. Man, they are they are very very difficult. I'm I'm trying to pull them up right here against number one and number two wide receivers. Uh, they actually, they allow the number one wide receiver quite a few points. They're actually one of the worst teams against number one. Very solid against number twos. Number one in the league against number threes. So if you have Jeremy Macklin, I say you start him. Now, Matt Avant may not have a very favorable situation here, but Macklin's going to see a lot of targets. He's a low-end wide receiver one this week. Start Jeremy Macklin everywhere, Mike. Robert Meacham is another guy against Cleveland. This guy's catching on. He caught a touchdown for the second straight game, and I'm seeing his increased playing time, his snap counts going up. And with Drew Brees' tendency to spread the ball around, it's kind of hard to – figure out which receiver it's going to be, right? But it sounds like with, with, when they're taken on the Browns, it bodes well for the Saints passing game, Mike. So the Browns, Browns allow a lot of points. Look for Meacham to make the most of those opportunities. Do you like Robert Meacham? And, uh, do, you, do you like him this week as a start? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, but I was wondering uh, if uh, Devery Henderson has any chance at all to make any points. Oh. I, don't, I mean, obviously, it's just a fly on. It's, it's, a, it's a dart, Mike. Yep. It's, just a, it's a total dart. You know, hey, yep. listen, I, I've had a great show uh, tonight. We've had a lot of fun. 
Thanks for uh, Chris from Blog Talk Radio for stopping by our chat room We've, we, with our issues with good old Experto in the chat room. But uh, a great chat room, the crew, Red vs. Blue, you guys have been fantastic tonight. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep it rolling, man. This is week seven. This is a big week. This is a week where you can really make something happen for your team. Uh, so make sure that you make those right decisions and put on the right guys. And, and look, we've got ten seconds left, Mike. We've, we've covered all we can. We don't we don't have any more time. We're out of time. You want, you want to stick around for some overtime, or you want to go? Thanks, Drew. You've been listening to Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Okay, Mike, uh, look, we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, listen, uh, no Sean Moreno last week against the Jets. 12 12 carries, 48 yards against the Jets. That's not a bad effort for his first start back. He gets a great game this week against Oakland. They're one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Moreno is fired up. He's out on the practice field. He's he's pumping his his team up. His motivational spirit is there. I think this is a game that you see no Sean Moreno. Uh, breakout. He he's in the uh, it's the uh, it's the late game. It's a four fifteen game. So you've got to figure out who you're going to play. Mike, is it Moreno or Ivory this week? It's a big decision for me in the World Championship. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Uh, you know, I I would almost go with uh, your boy. It's tough. Uh, I would almost go with Ivory. <laughs> As I as much as I hate to say that, uh, just going off the wheels of uh, last week, uh, but Moreno wouldn't be bad. But I'd go with Ivory. Yeah, I, I it's a tough call right now. I'm leaning Moreno just because I love the matchup. But look, New Orleans. Let's face it, they're gonna they're gonna run on whoever they they face. I mean, Cleveland's not gonna stop them. They're gonna they're gonna be able to run on 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 Cleveland. So I love what I'm seeing but, from Ivory. Maybe I should wait one more week. But man, I just want to get. I could bench Jamal Charles, but I don't want to do that. And I've got Adrian Peterson. No, We're in a really good situation. No, not this week. That's good running back. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it this week. No, I think Jamal Charles no, will be all right. Four good running backs. I, I gotta keep. I gotta keep them in there as much as I can. But I'm just gonna flip a coin when it comes time. I'm gonna let Simon decide, or maybe Elston decide. I'll be like, okay, Ivory or Moreno, which one? Which one do they say over cereal in the morning? You know, something like that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how many I'm, times I'm figure it out? How and, many times you know, was Simon right? <laughs> no kidding, man. Ryan Terrain, I want to close with Ryan Terrain. Twenty carries, a hundred yards, two touchdowns against the Colts. He did leave that game with a minor knee injury, but he should be fine week seven against the Bears. You've also got Keelan Williams that that saw some time late. And but look, Terrain is clearly the Redskins primary ball carrier. He made Portis oh, just yeah. look ridiculous. That, the, the, the expected return of Lance Briggs should help, but Terrain should see enough carries to be a solid RB2 for all you fantasy owners. Keep an eye on his practice status. Uh, he has been practicing. I think Terrain is, is a very solid starter for you right now. you got to be happy if you picked up Terrain and what you're getting from him, Mike. That's, yeah. that's the kind of pickup that can win you your lead this year. Yeah, I totally agree, Scott. Uh, Ron Terrain, I mean, I wish I had him. I don't have him in any league I'm in. And I'm 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 jealous of everybody that has him. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, good luck week seven. I'm gonna play you. We're gonna we gotta come up with that Butterburger bet for uh, Danny Woodhead. Look, I'll tell you what. Let's just split it in the middle. Thirteen points. 
13 points. No, Danny Woodhead, games. I'll take the over. You take the under. I gave you the point last week. You give it to me this week. I'm not going to give you another one. You're down to four butter burgers. We'll get a, go for another two here. You know, it could put me back up to six. I gave you the extra point last week. You give it to me. We'll stick it at 13. Two butter burgers on the line. Deal? Okay, deal. 13 points. All right. Uh, now, wait a second. Points. He's got a score. Is it 13 or 13 and a half? I, I'm saying he's going to score 13 points. He's going to be better than an average starter. 12 is the average starter. 13 is even better. Put Danny okay, Woodhead we'll, in your lineup. You get 13 points. We'll go for two butter burgers on that. All right, man. You might whittle it down. You might even have it back. If I only have, I'm going to have to call it quits and ask for you to cash out on my two butter burgers. If you cut it down to two, I'm going to cash <laughs> out, and I want those two butter burgers. I want that coupon <laughs> okay. in my mailbox. You got to see it, buddy. Red. Red versus blue. We'll see you next week, man.